1: There has always been a stereotype that Black people don't swim.
2: But we are here to tell you that we do, and we are good at it. I am Coach Adrian. I'm Dr. Shira. We are the hosts of the Swim Culture Podcast. We want everyone to know that aquatics has always been a part of the Black culture and experience since the beginning of time.
1: From scuba diving, to fishing, to the Olympics and surfing,
2: we have done it all and are still doing it. Make sure you tune in and dive into the culture.
1: The Swim Culture.
0: Alright guys, welcome back
2: to another episode of The Swim Culture. We are in the middle of Black Lives Matter movement right now. Dr. Allen, what you thinking about this?
1: Um... I think it's an amazing thing you know we are addressing issues that especially when it comes to police brutality and um, other social injustices that are happening when it comes to black people and black Americans but um, I think that it's something that's happening all the time and with George Floyd we are shedding like a bigger light than I've really ever seen Um, and it's like going across like the whole world like they're protesting everywhere and so i think it's a good thing bring bring light now i think it's the first step i don't think it's the end all be all it's not the
2: end all be all for myself personally i at first was a little i didn't know how to accept Uh the looting part because i knew it was going to turn into something they they were going to somehow switched that narrative into making it seem like, you know, of course, blacks were more barbaric and, you know, but I'm glad that that switched as quickly as it did. However, I agree that we had to do something more than nothing because I think that, you know, it sounds good to be peaceful. You know, we are not our ancestors. So, as Martin Luther King had a great Thing that he did it was great for his time it was necessary for his time right now we're in a different state of mind a different place in the world and I mean the world as you can see the protests like you said went globally so we're in a different place and I think that um, you gotta gotta kill a monster with a monster
1: so you were mentioning about, mentioning about like Martin Luther King and you know but I feel like we always reference him in like the non, the peaceful, non-violent, but I think he also understood that, what did he say, like the rioting and the protesting is just the the way that people who haven't been heard have expressed themselves, and people who have been oppressed for so long, like after a while, like it's gonna come to a head, and it's going to, we're going to, you know, display our frustrations in a way where you can recognize it how how much can we have interviews and talk on cnn and have these try to have the conversation they always say oh well we have to start with the conversation like after a while
2: talking is we ain't talking no more
1: right We're so done. that's where i'm at
2: um i'm okay with what's happening because i'm done talking
0: I'm l- because listen. we
2: talk and people talk and i think that sometimes when people they ask a question, not ready for the answer. At all. So what I do like that's happening is that I'm now able to say what I really feel because they yeah. ask. And, you know, for the demographics that I'm around majority mm-hmm. of the time, I, I feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. But since they asked, I then was able to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. of What is it? And, in, in, you know, they asked the question, well, um, what is it? You know, what, how can I help? So my response was, share your resources. And so they said, huh, what do you mean? See, they know. See, you know what? when I say, I I have to say, well, well, one, uh, you have to be able to give something right now. You know, if you want to sit at the table and ask questions, you got to be able to come to the table with something before you even get a seat. Because isn't that how they treat us? We can give an
1: all day, but we and still we ain't really, got no seat. We yeah, just we can, gotta be peeking in the yeah, door, peeking in the door, like, standing in the room, and listening. Like you know, and I feel like right now they just need to stand and listen. You know what? It was a scene my mom and I watched The Banker, and it was a scene. Did you watch it? Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a real life story about um, these two black men who were in real estate and owning businesses, and they had a white man who they put in the forefront of like representing their business, and they ended up buying like some of the banks and stuff in Los Angeles and and in Texas. Um, And when they, and then, but they eventually found out that they were really like a black owned business and you know, stuff just went awry. But anyway, but one of the scenes was when they were doing the negotiations and stuff, they had to pose as the driver and a janitor of their own bank. So they could be in there guiding the white man to, and so we have to be like that. We have to be inconspicuous sometimes in, in trying to make things happen. And we're tired of doing that. Like, we want what's, we want our right. We've been here for centuries and still are at the bottom when it comes to economics, when it comes to our social place. So I'm, we're t- I'm tired of it. Yeah, I'm and tired of it,
2: too, because I think that, um, like I was explaining to somebody... We don't have the same, I have a son Mm -hmm. that's 12, and uh, this person I was speaking to has a son around the same age, but, of course, Caucasian, if they stand beside each other, they're going to be looked at like two different people, Mm -hmm. and they both could have the same grades, same interests, same personality type, you know, um, but my son is going to look at the thug. Or he's going to be looked at as a grown-ass man. Right, or a grown man and your son we look at that as
1: oh he's just a he's just a young he's just man just a, a boy
2: yeah there's two different things yeah. so how do you break systematic
1: i don't know it's so because deeply, it's now it's
2: deeply rooted it's
1: so deeply ingrained and so sometimes i feel like it's just we just don't like i just be like you know it just so i have to like kind of talk myself out of Um, like despair a little bit like and when it comes to just black americans and our plight in general and i have to be like you know what we still we can we can make strides and there is stuff is gonna come around for us but it's really like disheartening to when you see like (laughs) okay for example what you think about the wakanda statement that ti made on the on that
2: did you see it well i think that what's happening is that um and what I do like now, this is what I like. Okay, so, okay, go ahead. I love the fact that the people are like, we don't care about the hip hop leaders. We don't care celebrity. about celebrity. Celebrity is like on this way out. Like, care don't nobody. about <laughs> these sports. Like, I yeah. love that because it's at one point that's all that we were represented as. Yeah, and we are more exactly. than rappers. We're more than athletes. We're more than actors or actresses. Although those are great skilled jobs, and you know that you have to have unique creative ability to even conquer those but there are a lot of professors teachers doctors, community activists, leaders, small business owners that I've seen for myself who own a business as well as they might literally fund a Pop Warner program mm-hmm. or a team. There are a lot of people out there There's I know um, a guy, he's a police officer and he Mm-hmm. Runs a youth sports mentor. We're more than now. entertainment. And and he does so much. And he's captivating and saving so many lives mm-hmm. at a little small scale. Why aren't we looking up to those people? I don't. See, I those think those it's more people, like the
1: glitz and glamour yeah. that we want to. But you know what? I think we also need to. Why I was so bothered by the Wakanda statement is because <laughs> statistically, though, like we aren't. They, like we don't have the resources. Wakanda, that fictional African country that had all these resources that they could save the world with. We ain't got that. How can that be equivalent? Like, we can't do that. And so, like, to make statements like that, all tells people that are outside of our community, makes it, they have a false sense of what it really is.
2: And they were like, oh, these black people, they're fine. Like, but no, we're not. And um, shit. the ones that they think are fine They think we are the exception to the rule. Yeah. And that is one statement I had to literally make. I'm not an exception to the rule. There are many other people just like me doing whatever they're doing that's positive. Mm -hmm. I'm not an exception to the rule. You've chosen to look at me as an exception to the rule. Because for whatever reason, you have chosen to allow me in.
1: Listen, they're the gatekeeper. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that so, word, that word, chosen. Because yeah, I be telling chosen. people like, listen, like I don't know at what tri- my trajectory in getting a PhD and masters and all of that <laughs> to be in these rooms. Like I'm, I don't know, but like, you know, and I used to be like, what is wrong with y'all? Everybody could do like, but now, nah, mm-hmm. like these resources and like, you know, the positions that you've been put in allows you to walk through these doors and, you know, or be able to stand outside the door or whatever. I don't know. but So when
2: this happened, you know, you and I were talking, I was like, well, I got to figure out how to let the the people that I work with on a regular basis know where I really stand. Mm -hmm. So it was great to go back again and have
0: those conversations to say where Mm -hmm. I really
2: stand because I was concerned, you know, I might lose an endorsement or so, but it didn't happen. Actually, they... A more, I, I think I got offered more. <laughs> you did. I think I did. I yeah, I don't. I don't be having those experiences.
1: I don't know why I don't have those experiences. But um. see, you real, you real like, you know, I like you can see it all over my face. I just, I'm not with it. Like, and so before they even start the conversation, like conversations I have had. Like, I don't be meaning to, but it's like, oh my gosh, like, the fragility just shows. <laughs> like, it just comes out. And I'm like, I didn't mean to expose that. But I'm glad I did. Yeah. Because, um, anyway.
2: Yeah, because yeah, I think, um, the statement was made that you kind of, you have a really calm demeanor until ex- we got into that conversation. Oh. Uh-huh. And we got pretty deep in the conversation. So what was it about? What were you talking about? The conversation, they asked, what could they do to help? Okay. What do you think the problem is? Um... And I said the problem that I think starts in education. Really? Yes. Okay. Um, so here's the thing here in Atlanta. There's a... Education of whom? Education. White people? Period. Period. Okay. i tell you why. Okay. Because here in Atlanta, I don't know if other cities have this, but there's an issue with the public schools versus the private, the, um, charter schools. hmm And... One side of the fence feels like people shouldn't have access to charter schools because I guess it messes up the funding or something for public education. So my argument there was, why don't you think people should have access to their own types of education?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, the person went on to explain, you know, that they felt like it gave too many options and it didn't make the... the. Uh, It wasn't an even playing field. So that's when I had to stop. And I said, well, it's not an even playing field, period. Mm -hmm. Because you're looking at, you take kids and you put them in the same environment. They're learning from the same teacher. They're learning the same curriculum. Mm -hmm. The only difference is lack of resources. Meaning, if Daquan Mm -hmm. and Timmy Mm -hmm. were in the same math class, And both Daquan and Timmy are having issues in math. Timmy's parents can afford that really nice tutor to come every day Mm -hmm. to help Timmy out. Mm -hmm. Well, Daquan, on the other hand, is not going to have that option. Mm -hmm. So it's not that Daquan... Statistically,
1: they wouldn't be able to have that option, right?
2: Yeah, they don't have the option. She doesn't
1: have the option. Forget statistics. We're talking realism no no I'm just saying yeah. when you look I'm just saying but some people be like well you know these black people have resources these black people have money I'm just saying some people have that yeah, argument so I'm saying
2: right now that's not true so I mean me and you we here I right? know but that ain't, that ain't the case you <laughs> uh-huh. know so I'm, I'm, that's how, this is how plain I have to tell it to them okay. so it's not that Daquan is not, is not smart Yeah. and it's not that Timmy is not smart it's just that Timmy has some help
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Daquan didn't have no help now his, this is what happens now then you get to third grade now they gotta take a test. Mm-hmm. Now Timmy done got help, mm-hmm. so he's prepared to take his test. Right, absolutely. Daquan didn't get no help. Yeah. So you are gonna take Daquan's test scores at eight years? Oh, he's eight years old. Mm-hmm. He ain't hit puberty yet. He don't know nothing yet. He might be hungry. He just now getting out of. He's just getting into a, a the, the new phase of of you know growing up adolescent world. He's not even he doesn't know nothing right now. He's still a baby. Mm-hmm. But you know what you're gonna do with that test score? You're going to use that test score to build a prison. Mm-hmm. So at that point, once you get Daquan's test score, he's now putting that group
1: mm-hmm. over here. Mm-hmm.
2: And that group is not set up for college readiness, mm-hmm. that group is set up just you to be right? go straight up. Then by the time they get to high school, then this is what happens when you get to high school. And then, you know, I work in a high school setting. So when you get to high school, then you have the AP classes. That's college ready. Mm -hmm. Then you have even your technical group. You know, they're prepared to push them on to tech school. They already kind of graduate with something in hand. Then you have that other group. Mm -hmm. So Daquan might be in that other group. Now, they could possibly graduate high school. The likelihood of him going to college is not... You know that big, mm-hmm. you know, um, but the likelihood of him possibly getting either killed or put in jail, getting a record before yeah. he's even twenty-one, mm-hmm. is more likely for him. Yeah, that's so set that set him, prison industrial yes, you, Yeah, that's, that's and that's what I told. Yeah. I said it's a prep to prison. Yeah, because you done told him at third grade, so you take away the whole concept of nature over um, nurture, and uh, nurture over nature at that point. You just there's no instead of taking the test score, saying okay. Here's the demographic that we need to go in and put more resources. Mm -hmm. That's not what you do. You throw them to the side. Because it was already systematically put in place for it to work like that. Mm -hmm. That was the conversation that we had. Yeah, okay. And so once we got down to systematically put in place like that, I think that's when they got uncomfortable. There was more that I said. Mm -hmm. And so I had to call back the next day and said, hey, are you mad with me? (laughs) And she said, no, I'm not mad. I said, well, are you uncomfortable? She says, yes, I am uncomfortable, but I think I'm supposed to be. So, at that point, I said, okay, well, good. Mm-hmm. You know, because at least she knows where I stand. Yeah. And there was, there was no secret anymore. And there were other things revealed that I had to um, express that decisions that I made on the team. And I never discussed why I made the decision because um, something happened that I didn't like that I knew was racial. Mm-hmm. And I just made a decision to fire the person. Yeah. I never talked about it. Mm-hmm. And I finally exposed what happened. Yeah. And she says, why didn't you tell me? Well, how do you go to a white person tell a white person that you feel like somebody just did something racist? So how do you go tell a white person, another white person who's supposed to be your superior that you just had yeah, a that racist. Real, I could have went and left. Yeah, you real see, quick. so that was a, that yeah. could have went a different direction a yeah. year ago. Yeah. But now this year when I say it, yeah. you're gonna you're you're hearing it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean good thing when I told the story they said they did believe me because some aftermath, and they were like, "Okay, we believed it, but they wouldn't have believed yeah, it if yeah. I said it a year ago." Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but
1: <laughs> and I've had to. I I don't really have, because you know, I'm, I'm at a HDCU. There are, um, of course, it's not that. It's a lot. Our our department is really diverse, so conversations that we have, and I I definitely advocate for you know, students on campus and, and because the faculty that come in, you know, with, you know, it might be immigrant faculty or mm-hmm. white faculty or whatever that come in, they, the perception that they may have of these black students or black American students is like, I don't know. So if I'm observing, I just don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And so I try to advocate myself um, for, you know, those experiences and where they might be coming from. And so, yeah, you're on that K through 12 level. I'm on like the higher ed level. And so, and you see some of those same things happening. You know, my students, it's crazy having to work like two and three jobs. They come into class at eight o'clock in the morning, tired, cause they just got off at, it might be a nine o'clock class and they just got off at two. And so, just the dynamics and understanding, you know, not saying, oh, I'm, they're lazy. Like understanding what they might have to be going through and and to uh what's the word? I can't supplement for mm-hmm. the things that they might be lacking. You know what I'm saying? And so it's it it
2: goes all the way. I think you're in public school you deal with a Title One situation. So with Title One, those are low income based schools. Mm-hmm. And what that means, that's free lunch. Like ninety nine percent of all this free everything. But what happened, with coronavirus hit is Correct. when all those Title I schools that have yes. access to all this technology and everything, when coronavirus hit, they, it was mayhem. Mm-hmm. So that then came my argument mm-hmm. when we talked about education because the argument was, well, the schools over here get way more money because they're supplementing for your income. Mm-hmm. Then, although they have the money over here, why didn't, why didn't they know how to use the technology when it was time? Where is the money? Where's the technology? Who's educating the teachers to tell them what to do? Who's educating the parents to tell them what to do? So there's a whole big, I don't know, uh, missing piece right there. Mm-hmm. So you got to justify for that. Mm-hmm. And it's not that this school over here has what this school over here doesn't. That school over there has resources and this school over here doesn't. So they didn't even know how to use their resources. Because they had the knowledge over there to get it. You get what I'm saying? Like, you might have certain schools at one point when um, Google Classroom came into play. It wasn't a universal thing, mm-hmm. although it should have been. Mm-hmm. So you had certain schools that used Reminder, certain schools that used uh, Zoom or Duo, and then you had certain schools or teachers even that might use Google Classroom. Mm-hmm. So it just wasn't... Uh, it, might, it don't sound like a streamline. It was a streamlined, <laughs> okay. you see? Mm-hmm. And so that's the problem because it's so divided with gentrification that you haven't even made a, again, streamlined or um, best practice measure to how you need to handle things.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's why people send their kids to charter schools. Mm. Well, so that was <laughs> the whole conversation that y'all had. So, I mean, I'm not glad. the whole conversation. But I'm but saying but the, that, gist, of the it. gist of it was about the fact that we had to um, we had to mend that gap. and with that being said, what I say what came out of it um, was me talking to a person from the board of a charter school and swim. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that they all have agreed that we all need. Every kid needs to know how to swim. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, a basic need. And are eager to somehow mend the gap. So those charter kids will end up going to a public high school.
1: Okay.
2: So you need to be able to feed into the high school. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the SWIM programs come into. And so that is one way that we're at the table talking about how to mend the gap. Okay. Because those are resources that would not usually um, be accessible due to time economic status whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. so that is one of the programs that we are trying to mend together so that's one of the things that um, came out of the conversation that they want to do to be able to help is extending their resources um, in a swim program
1: okay well that's good I think when you under I think for me and we've talked about this plenty of (laughs) times like we said earlier i think these protests are just a demonstration and um of and highlighting the problems some of the problems that we are having as black people in america mm-hmm. and you know just like in the 60s and stuff you know allowing the world to see like how we're being treated or could potentially be treated here um, but I think that's, a, that's just the start. And I think that, um, one of the main solutions, What one of the main problems is you say e- education, I say it's economics.
2: But I think ec- education is part of economics. No, I'm just,
1: I, yeah, but I mm-hmm. think, but economically, like, cause I mean, black women, we the most educated out here, but we get how much we can pay? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, our. It's a, it's a book out. Dr. Sandy Darity is a professor at uh, Duke University and has come out with a book addressing economics and, and the um, argument for reparations. And he was saying, and it's a statistics that says that um, that black people who have bachelor's degrees... Get paid significantly less, especially black women, significantly less than white women or white households that don't only have a high school diploma. Mm-hmm. So then, if you see, if you so then imagine those who just have a high school diploma, like that just puts us so far below. And so, if we have the economics, even with our degrees and our PhDs and all of the JDs and all That's of that, true. you know, we still over here struggling. Look, listen, in all honesty, let two, three paychecks stop <laughs> what we doing right and so i think that the the economic standing the, the the wealth gap the that can all be related to our ability to engage in aquatic activities going to the beach going to the lake being able to pay for swim lessons getting a swimsuit swimsuits are
2: expensive right and so even with that with the swim program i said that yeah, so my thing is you're gonna have to. It's economic. economic. I think it's not, yeah. to me, to you're, in you're my view, you're absolutely right about the economic. It's economic. Economics, yeah. Because then, if I because then yeah. when it
1: comes to school systems, if if the economic, the salary or the wealth of a community and the tax bracket, the reason these schools have so much money and access and stuff is because their taxes. Their tax money is going to these local schools, and, their right. school, but and that's. But then, when you go exactly into a community right. where the taxes are low, and we don't have that much that money to pay, you know, into our community
2: like that, then mm-hmm. the resources aren't going to be. So if we. Right. Well, that was my that. point. To, that yeah. was my point. So I guess you're right on that. Where we were, and I guess I gave the example of education, how it affects the education, because to me. Yeah, but I think that the economics, economics is the is the is the tier. I mean, the the umbrella there, and then. I think everything falls in place. That's why folks didn't like Martin,
1: Luther, cause seventy some percent of folks didn't like Martin Luther King before he got assassinated, and because he was cha- he was that book. Where do we go from here? That book he had, it was talking about. Listen, that's that interview you see on uh, YouTube, and he was like, "We going to get our check, like that's the next step." Yeah, we got the civil rights, we got all of that, but I think people started to see like, yeah, I can ride at the front of the bus, but like. Like, this wealth gap is still here. Yeah, the wealth and gap so is still here. And so
2: we need to, it needs to be an economic adjustment and a transfer of wealth. And what I did tell her in the conversation was, because um, she made a statement about how they were able to turn the school around, mm-hmm. with gentrification, which I don't think they understand what, what gentrification is. You don't does. think so? I mean, okay, I'm just going to pretend they don't for my okay, sanity. go ahead. All right. And I had to explain your so house you alone- good knocked out an entire apartment complex mm-hmm. right in your backyard yeah. that no longer exists. Yeah. And where are those people? Gone. This and so They that, out the And way. now you're saying, oh, but our schools are so good because your house alone knocked out the property value on your house Man. alone has knocked out an entire apartment complex or your house alone has knocked out this family that's been here for decades. for decades before you even came. Decades. And like, and this is now right here on Auburn Avenue, yeah. Atlanta, Georgia, mm-hmm. where at once upon a time, was this was the black, black Mecca. Martin Luther the King over there. The school, the new school that black. the kids are getting ready to move into was the prestigious black school in this area. Yeah. So there are a lot of um, people that have come from this school that are not only civil rights activists that are scientists and mm-hmm. doctors who yeah. have done great things mm-hmm. in the world and they're right here from this community yeah. in Atlanta but now it's so gentrified it has to find it an identity. Even, you can't even recognize like and so
1: like Howard or like just so many of our communities it's it's ridiculous it's yeah.
2: crazy it's crazy um but yeah, yeah so. like how that person, the, the guy, so disrespected. Walking the dog. Yes. I, how Disrespectful. Campus, like, first of all, we're not walking across George Washington or Georgetown like that and letting our dogs shit and piss all, excuse me, all on your... <laughs> excuse
1: right, that language. Right. All over your
2: property and then you tell us, well, no, we've been oh, here. Oh, you just need to
1: move to campus. No, no, like, no, no, what? no, This campus
2: has been here since 1860 Somewhere, Are you out your mind?
1: Yeah. And that's that privilege. That's privilege. That's that like, oh... oh. Anything else? What else happened? You've been down at the protest.
2: I have. I How went was down because, you know what? My thing is this. I support the kids, you know. Um, the kids is doing it. And I wanted to go down there and make sure they had some water, snacks, wow. mm-hmm. and Gatorade. And that they were hydrated while they were out there fighting the cause. Yeah. And it was actually really peaceful. Um, the vibe was nice. Mm-hmm. They had, like, um, free ice cream. mm mm-hmm. Um, a lot of different people were out there giving away different free things to the people and I thought that that was um, a good human thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the humanity was out there yeah. that um, the others, know, white people Caucasians, you know, um, other races had the best signs. Mm. That was just... Really? Yeah, so provoking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought, you know... You know what, but you know what? I know, I know, I know <laughs> where
1: you're going. I know where no, you're no, going no. Where. I'm just going to say... I. D- for me, I have to be like, oh, that's nice. But I have to be like, you know, but I'm not going to let that cloud my, like... But, you know, at
2: least... But that's me. We can mean. say that, but to me, they could not. They could, yeah. Could they have a choice. Home, yeah, that's true. Sitting at home and not trying. You know, and even when people are asking, what can I do? I'm glad they asked, because they could not ask. Yeah. They could literally be sitting at home saying... You're right, I'm, sorry, I'm you being know, too harsh. Yeah, they could sorry. be at home not caring. Sorry, but guys. But the fact that you do have... You know, people from all walks of life right now caring and, you know, speaking out saying, you know, that isn't right. And I like the, the shirts and the, the signs that are saying, you know, no, I don't understand, uh,
0: but okay. I'm willing
2: to help. I want to do something to make a change. And that speaks more volumes because you can't do it alone. We cannot do it by ourselves. No, we
1: can't. But I I think, I'm, I'm sorry. That's just, I, I think that might just be like the... For me, it's just like now. What are you going to do to help change? Like, what substantial things? Because, I, and I ask this every day. Like, how long do we think? How long do you think these protests gonna? Well, last? I asked yesterday. I said, well, how long the protests like, gonna protest last? Because protests have happened before, but and then it died down and then go back I to be know. the same.
2: Who's who's sitting at the table? Where are the demands? Who's addressing the demands? Um, and when? So there are
1: there, and we've talked about this too. there are black agendas out there um so Black Lives Matter has the black Futures lab um one I personally like is the a d o s one on one um so that's American descendants of slavery. there are several um like Angela Ra and then back um another um black agenda, so there are some that are that are out there um and so And some are gaining more traction than others, Um, but I think if we have like something policy-wise, we have to hold these politicians accountable
2: and not just be giving our vote away. That's my personal perspective. By the way, um, please vote your primaries wherever you are. Look at your local. officials because those are the ones who make a difference like in the floyd case it wasn't the governor or our um i don't know what to call them because i don't want to call them our president um they, those decisions weren't governors wasn't made up to those. the judge made that decision judges so you gotta look at those judges the city council women or uh, men uh, like she said uh mayors senators so just I say go local local. Like I yeah. look at those judges.
1: And but be <laughs> but be politically educated and understanding what's happening yeah. and not just blindly voting and giving your vote away. Again that is my opinion, Dr. Allen. Mines. I, I but, agree
2: cuz I don't think the black vote should be bought. Um I mean I need we need something in exchange. It yeah, is an exchange. exchange. Yeah, isn't. I'm to not be giving it away yeah.
1: for free. Like what are you doing to help better our situation what policies are being put in place what policies need to be eradicated and changed like like the um crime bills and things like that that were put into play like what things need to be changed um and and politicians who were forced some things decades ago and now are all of a sudden you know like honestly i want to go back
2: to the drawing board
1: I well, think we I should mean, go
2: back to the Constitution because if you just look at even the amendments, we are still in a place that we can go back to slavery tomorrow. Absolutely. Thirteen Amendment. We are te- That's we what are it is. It. So, um, that's technically what it is. I don't want to. I don't want to butcher her name. Ava DuVernay. Du- DuVernay. DuVernay. She yeah. did that on um, Netflix, and mm-hmm. I she was watching that. Yeah. And it gives you so much. It shows how systematically, from slavery, once it was no longer okay to be slaves, somehow somebody in poli- work, policy work still created laws that kept us imprisoned, imprisoned, and, imprisoned and enslaved. And like enslaved. slavery
1: hasn't hasn't been eliminated. It just morphs and, and changes. And by the time we realize what has happened, they are already rolling with the punches right. and, and then on to the next way of how they go morph and change into the next thing. So we have to be educated. Read books. Like question go to you know they have town halls and stuff like on youtube and stuff like just educate yourself about what's happening so these are things that we are going to address and have conversations about in the upcoming show so we hope that you stay tuned and look for and we look forward to you um you all coming and listening to us and engaging in the dialogue so we are out this was a great conversation and um we'll see y'all later
2: tune in all right bye
1: thank you so much for listening to another episode of the swim culture podcast we hope you enjoyed it remember you can get involved by following us at the swim culture on instagram and facebook see you all in the water